What is up, Pistons fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings Podcast. This is part two, part two of our series for this week for NBA draft prospects. In this, in this segment, we're going to be covering Dyson Daniels. He measured at six foot seven and a half, six foot seven and a half inches at the combine, just under a 6'11 wingspan. And this past year, he spent his time with the G League Ignite, a player out of Australia who's been advertised as a jumbo guard playmaker. Some say Ben Simmons. Some say, you know, uh, I've seen Ben Simmons. I've seen Alex Caruso. I've seen a lot of things on Dyson Daniels. But if there's one thing for sure, it's that his stock has been rising relative to other prospects. He's been someone who's been talked talked of as potentially someone with top five buzz. That was according to John Jonathan Givney. So first of all, what are you guys' first like impressions on Dyson Daniels? There's not too many, to be honest. I think that just being that he was a G League Ignite player, it's hard for, at least for me, to see much of him. I, of course, watched a lot of his tape, but I know for a lot of other people, he's just an unknown. Like, not, of course, not as much of an unknown or mystery as someone like Shaden Sharp is, but there's a lot of question marks around him. And so, I don't know, the biggest first impression, I guess, that I'll say is that huge guard, Great playmaker, can't shoot. And we'll get into that later. But, you know, to keep it simple, that's my first impression of it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we say this about a lot of prospects, but it's like you like their size and their length and everything like that. Um, So it feels like a broken record just saying that. But he does have a lot of appeal to him just in terms of, you know, how he is, like, he kind of he held his own a lot, you know, in the G League, which is good because he's only, you know, 18, 19. Um, but obviously you have a little bit of a worry just because he's Australian. And, you know, you got the Andrew Bogut's and the Ben Simmons of the world. So you don't know kind of like where he's at in terms of, you know, is he really passionate or does he just want to, you know, sit on the bench and dress, you know, nice and everything like that. I mean, like, I, that's, like, kind of joking. But I think he is very engaged in the game. Um, and he seems to be pretty uber competitive. So, yeah. I mean, I think we'll – I mean, we'll break him down. But there, I think there's a lot more to like about him than kind of – I know. I know, in my opinion, than what you guys think. But. Hey, let me let me just say real quick as a PR announcement. We love Australians. Yeah, he's he, no, he no. just going after Ben Simmons and those boys. <laughs> nothing ben, on Australian specifically. Ben Simmons is a solid. Like, I don't hate player. the country of Australia. <laughs> I, you got to point out the obvious that you know those guys didn't live up to the hype. Hey, what about Patty Mills though? That dude, that dude has some dog. Mentality. Okay, yeah, Patty Mills. I didn't think about him. Yeah. You also have Aaron Baines too, so. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. but, Pistons legend. Pistons legend. No, but with uh Dyson Daniels, I will say just really quickly to address it on his interview with uh Mike Schmitzen from what it seems like he's interviewing quite well and does seem to have a passion for the game. So that's definitely something for his strength. But let's let's get into the offensive side and talk about the strengths and why people are kind of high on Dyson Daniels. So first, you have to start with the passing. I mean he is someone with great vision. He averaged um, four and a half, nearly four and a half in the four and a half assists in the G League, but 
he's someone who like when I compare to someone such as uh, Benedict Mathen, for example, he's someone who I think can read the floor quite well. It's not someone who just makes the basic read. He's someone that he kind of has like, he can see the floor even like when he's like focused on the basket. You're always finding the open man when he's like in the lane and stuff, finding finding guy wide open on the on the three-point line. I thought I was just really impressed by the way he was able to find open people. And I think that is definitely something that can translate. We're seeing more and more and we're seeing more and more of these guards of these jumbo guards who can pass the ball quite well. They have some deficiencies scoring, but they can play make. And I think that's something that definitely teams are very interested. What do you guys think about like um, Dyson Daniels' passing game? Yeah, I mean, his passing is kind of his biggest strength, honestly, offensively. There, there's no doubt about it. He's, a, he's just, he has great vision with the ball. He's very quick thinking wise in terms of like, if you look at some of his tape, in transition, he's got a few passes that he'll just immediately find the open guy. He won't even think about going up that like he won't that won't be his first instinct to say. He's always gonna be a pass first guard. And I know a lot of people would discredit him for that, but when you pass it as well as he does, that's a huge strength. And so, you know, the other thing I'll say is that in the pick and roll, he's very smooth, kind of like Mathern. We just came out with that other episode. He doesn't rush it too much. He's also very methodical, but unlike Matherin, he's a fantastic passer in the pick and roll. He's great at making the right read and dishing it off to his big man. And the other thing I'll say is that he has a lot of versatility overall with his passing. He's shown that he can throw the lobs. He can make the, he can throw the backdoor cuts. He can uh, make the passes, like I said, in the pick and rolls. He's also shown that in half court sets, he can kind of slash in into the driving lane and then find passes out into the corner. He's a great passer to shooters, by the way. And so that has to be his biggest strength. I think I, I fully agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, I think not only passing, but I think off the dribble passing, because I, I don't want to call you guys out, but I forgot one of you guys said that he was like Killian Hayes before, before the pod. Oh, we both said that. Name I still, I still stand by that. But. Yeah, I still stand by it. <laughs> I don't, I don't see that. But, but you know, you guys gave him the comp. But Killian Hayes has the signature, like drive to the left and then throw the ball over the head to whoever, whoever's in the corner or like standing on the wing. But he's just so much taller. Or I mean, like he's two inches or three inches taller. But he's so much longer um, that he can just make those pass a lot more crisp. And he's on the money with a lot of those things. And he doesn't look like he's out of control when he's making those passes. Um, I think he's really good at beating guys. He's not really good. But something that is a bright spot is he's good at beating guys off the dribble. I think his first step is really solid. And you know, getting into the lane. He's not scared of contact. And I think he can be pretty smooth. He's got decent twitch. Um, but obviously, the shooting is the, the spot that people look at the most. But I do think he's got a good jump step um, in, the, in the paint and then just a pop shot. Um, I think it's nice. His floater is pretty good. Um, I just think, yeah. Overall, there's obviously like a lot to to refine. And we talked about this in the Matherin podcast. 
about all around players versus having, you know, one, two elite skills. So I think it, it's good to see the contrast between, you know, comparing these guys and what they bring to different organizations. Yeah, for sure. And I think like staying on the topic of his offense, we can even we can talk about the weaknesses and his um his one his one strength that you mentioned was his finishing. I, I really like the way his floater game was really impressive. Like he really likes to use that floater, get in the lane and then just just throw it up there. He's not really the guy who's like getting as much contact. He's I wouldn't say he avoids contact, but he he's really smart with the floater game. I that was something that I was impressed with. But the biggest con, and I think it's the the con that everyone is gonna, or the weakness rather, that everyone will talk about is Dyson Daniels, his shooting. And the one, the one thing that I will give him compared to previous Australian prospects, such as Ben Simmons, is that although his numbers are low from like the three-point line, he is not scared to shoot. Like he in Australia, I believe like he was averaging because he played in Australia before he played in the G League Ignite. He was shooting it up to like three point attempts up to five or six times a game. And in the G League, his uh, 30% three point shooting was on, I believe, three to four attempts per game. So it's not that he's scared to shoot, but it's concerning that he has really not shown on any level, whether that be in the G League Ignite or in, Aust- or in the Australian leagues where the court, I'd say, is more open, similar to NBA. He's been kind of unable to shoot. And we've seen this with prospects in the past. I think a lot of players you coming in last year like a player like Scotty Barnes a person who was uh labeled a zero level score or Josh Giddy you know or even like past Australian prospect like Dante Exum the shooting has always been the swing skill so I guess I posed this question to you guys how concerning do you think is the shooting and do you think he can make up for shooting by his other aspects of his offensive game such as the floater and also if you think it's something that he can improve on or you think it's maybe perhaps more set in stone I think, you know, you talk about Giddy right now, and I think that's a good, a good like starter comparison for him, just because he is another like tall guard um, that you know has had a little bit of a worry with the the three point shooting, but I mean Oklahoma City made it work and they're making it work, um, so yeah, I think it just depends on fit, but I don't think, you know, his shot is definitely janky. Like, it looks weird, um, but I think it's something that it's it's fixable. Like, it's doable um, with the right coaching staff. It could, it could easily be fixed, and if it's not fixed, it can easily be hid. Um, I mean, we'll talk about, like, fit for different teams in a, in a minute, but, yeah, I think if you pair him – with I mean he can guard on defense he can guard the three or even the four if you want so you can hide him the way they you know the Sixers kind of hid Ben Simmons because of his shooting um deficits and just you know you could add you could play four guards if you really want just because he's that tall so I think yeah it just depends on where he lands yeah I'm really concerned with Dyson Daniels shooting I'm just going to keep it a buck 50, you know, um, I, I don't, or buck 100. I, I don't think that it's as simple for me as something and saying that you can just hide it. I think he needs to work on it. First of all, by the way, the exact number was 25.5% from three, 
oh, in the wow. G League this past year. Wow. That's not good. <laughs> and that also, I'll add with that, if you watch the tape, that's 25% from three in a much, much, much slower league. I mean, the guys in the G League are simply not athletes like they are in the NBA. It's just not the same pace. And so, and that and that's an important thing, by the way, because when you look at his shot mechanics, it's really slow. He's flat-footed off of the catch, and it just takes him a long time to get the ball up and get in his rhythm. And so I think that's going to be a huge issue in the NBA. Honestly, I'm not going to say they have to change his shot entirely, but they need to change his base and the way that he brings it up. His release point is high enough that I don't think it's an issue. His offhand isn't bad, but they got to figure out the mechanics with it. Cause it's not going to work in the NBA. He missed so many wide open shots in the, in the G league this past year. It's really, really concerning. And so I don't think that's going to go well in the NBA. And I also think, you know, it, it's, there's a point to people saying Ben Simmons is a good player. I'll be one of those guys. I think Ben Simmons is a good player in the NBA. And I think he is an all-star by the way, he can't shoot, but I think he's still a good player. I don't see that as much with Dyson Daniels. I get that he's six foot seven and a half. He's huge. He has a huge wingspan, but he's simply not as athletic as Ben Simmons is as athletic as the other prototypes of guys who can't shoot. He's not very athletic. He can't jump off one foot, by the way. He always takes a two-footed approach, which is fine if you're going to take a two-footed approach, but you, you got to have the versatility to jump off one. He doesn't have that. Every time he did in the G League, he got blocked. He relies on his floater way too much in the mid-range. He has this go-to move where he drives to his left, stops, spins, faces towards his right with the floater. And usually he makes it, but when that's your only move, that's not going to work out well in the NBA. Honestly, I think the best thing he has scoring-wise is the floater, I would say, and he's a solid post-up player. He'll be able to maybe use that a little bit in the NBA, but man, I just, I worry with the shot. Cause like I said, the mechanics aren't there. I don't ever really see him turning into a plus shooter. I don't think that's possible. I don't even think he turns into an average shooter. I think that's just always going to be a massive weakness for him. Can he hide it with other things? Yeah. You know, he can, he can probably make a living in the NBA off of being a fantastic defender and a good playmaker, but the shot's going to be a really, really big issue. Yeah. The shot, I think, is going to be the swing factor for Dyson Daniels. But you mentioned um, his defense, which is I think we can pivot the discussion there. That is one area with, where I think he is probably, you could argue, one of the best defenders in the draft class. I think this is kind of Dyson Daniels. This is where he excels. Um, the wingspan, like you, like you guys mentioned, it's, it's quite impressive. And he can use that to block shots. And I, I was really impressed with his, um, his isolation one-on-one -on -one defense. Like, it felt like any guard that went up against them, it was just a mismatch, just the way of how big he is and how smart he is too. There was a lot of, a lot of plays or multiple plays I saw where they were just bringing the ball up the court and Dice Dennis was able to steal it. He was able to steal the ball from the defender as he was bringing it up half court and then get an easy dunk. And I think that is something which is going to definitely translate to the league. Also, the way he reads the floor for passes. I There's a lot of times where defenders would throw – you know, across the court passes and Dyson Daniels reads it so well, he's able to steal the ball. And I think that is definitely something that teams will rely on. So I guess like for his strengths on defense, what did you guys think 
what do you guys take away from his defense? Do you guys think it's perhaps a little bit overrated or do you think it's something that can also translate to the league? No, I mean, I think his defense is his biggest strength. Uh, other than his playmaking, I guess you would say. Actually, no, you know what? I'd say his defense is his biggest strength over playmaking, honestly, on the offensive end, because he's that good of a defender. He really is a really, really good defender. I'll give him that. I don't mean to, by the way, make it sound like I'm just dishing on this guy. I'm sure he's a good guy, and he's a solid player. He's a way better basketball player than I'll ever be. That's for sure. Let's be clear about that. But his defense, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, he uses his size really, really well. He, his wingspan just helps him so much because, like you said, Vinay, every one-on-one possession that you'll see of him on defense, that is, he will always contest the shot. He does a great job of doing that because he has just such long arms. It's so easy for him. His closeouts are, his closeouts are great, again, mainly because of his wingspan. He literally blocked a few threes in the G League, which is really impressive. Um, and he's very disciplined in general. He's really smart at cutting off driving lanes. He's great at uh, blocking shots from behind off of pick and rolls too, which is kind of crazy. And he's also great at cutting off the, the backdoor cuts. He does a great job. It reminded me a lot of Kawhi, by the way. Uh, when his guy is cutting backdoor, he does a great job getting his inside hand out and being aware of a possible pass there. He got quite a few steals off of that in the G League. I mean, that was the reason why he averaged basically two steals a game. That's very impressive. You know, I listen, I there's other things that he certainly lacks in. We, we already talked about the shooting, but he is a great defender and he can carve out a role on any NBA team, I think, just because of how good of a defender he is. Yeah, I think I think his defense is very properly rated as being one of the best, if not the best in this draft class. Um. I mean, if you watch him, he kind of would just poach uh, a little bit. You know, the guy just bringing the ball up the court, and if he's being a little lazy, he'll go up and take it from him. Um, he's gotten a lot of steals, you know, from behind where – or, you know, there's a rebound, and they're trying to get a fast break, and he cuts off the pass, or, you know, he catches he catches them from behind for a steal. Um but I think he's going to get a lot of just breakaway points just off that. Um, yeah, but overall, I do think it's properly rated just because he is, like, long. And like I said, he could guard one through four. Um, and honestly, he could probably try and guard one through five and not be terrible at it. Um, so that that's something to look at just because of his length. And that gives him an advantage um, over a lot of other guys. So yeah, that's that's kind of all I gotta say. Uh, yeah. Well, I think now we can we can talk about kind of his fit with Detroit and his fit with um, other teams. So I'll be the first to say, I I think Dyson Daniels is going to be a player that it's going to be very situational based. I think if he's drafted to the right organization, I could definitely see him being like living up. To, I can definitely see him living up to the hype. And you mentioned like Josh Giddy. I think that's, that's definitely a favorable outcome. Like there, I think there are higher outcomes for him, but it's really based on the team. And I think for a team like Detroit, I just don't, I feel like the team they're drafting for a kind of a player to play next to Cade. And I just don't know how I, 
So we, I know you, you roasted us for comparing us, comparing him to Killian Hayes, and he can be different than Killian. But again, the main issue with Killian, with Kate Cunningham, was that Killian couldn't shoot the ball. And when you get Dyson Daniels, you're getting another player who basically can't shoot the ball. That's not to say you could, I guess, play him at the three or perhaps bring him off the bench, which I think, honestly, if I'm like a GM, like Dyson Daniels seems like the perfect player to be like that Swiss Army knife player. Like if he was, if honestly, if he fell in the draft, I think it would be a good thing for him because he would definitely excel on like a contender, like this coming off as a sixth man. But I think the fit with Detroit is tricky. Like you're have you're adding another player who, can't really shoot the ball but can play make and then it's just like if Cade and Killian didn't work what makes us think that Cade and Dyson Daniels will work um that's where I'm at and I, then oh yeah, yeah go ahead I will, I will say this quickly just yeah. because I don't think Dyson Daniels and Killian are the same player like by comparison doesn't mean I don't think they wouldn't have the same role because I think yeah. they would play you know if the Pistons took Dyson Daniels at you know hopefully not five but if they took him at like seven or mm -hmm. eight or nine or something like that I think that just shows that Killian is gone and they're yeah. you know taking him to play the same role but yeah I was actually going to say something like similar to that I'd say if the Pistons acquired another top 10 pick and they drafted Dan Dyson Daniels I would be personally okay with that because then like you said it would be the end of Killian but at number five, I just I don't think it's worth for them to kind of make that pick. I think you're making this pick for a player that's going to either play next. I mean, let's be real. It's going to be a player that's going to play next to Kate Cunningham, probably a shooting guard. And I think if you're going to take a shooting guard, I don't think Dyson Daniels is the pick at five. But at seven or eight, I think, yeah, you may you you have to take a long look at him for sure. What do you guys think about his fit with the Pistons and perhaps some other teams that you think he would be good on? I mean, yeah, I, you kind of hit on it already. Like, I here, here's what I wrote first hit with Detroit. Awful. Just one word, as simple as that, to be honest. He doesn't fit with the Pistons at all. You know, like we already said, he reminds me a lot of Killian Hayes. And the facts are they don't need another playmaker. They already have that in Cade Cunningham. They need a scorer or a shooter. And Dyson Daniels is everything that the Pistons don't need, that they already have. And so – he wouldn't fit with the Pistons. And again, that's not to say that he's a bad player. I'm not saying that at all. I think there's some other teams that he fit with and I'll get into those in just a second. But yeah, I think for Detroit, I know there's been a lot of hype around Dyson Daniels suddenly getting picked before uh, seven or something. I think the over under, by the way, for Dyson Daniels pick number is six and a half, which is kind of crazy to me, but I don't think he's going to Detroit just because you already have Killian Hayes. You already have Cade Cunningham. I mean, imagine they played a lineup of Cade, Killian, and Dyson Daniels. Who in that lineup is scoring the ball other than Cade? Like, straight up. I mean, unless you're going Sadiq Bay at the four or something like that. Like, that just would not work out at all. And so, the fit's not there with the Pistons, but it could be there with other teams. I think a possibility is Washington. I think that if they still have Bradley Beal, and that's a big if, they need, you know, a playmaker type of guy at the one. And I think that Dyson Daniels can be that guy. Like we said, he's a great playmaker, plays great defense. And so he could, I think he could play very well alongside a fantastic scoring too. And that would be something like Bradley Beal. 
I think there's been a lot of rumors of him possibly going to San Antonio. That makes zero sense to me. DeJounte Murray does everything that the Spurs need at the one that Dyson Daniels would do, which is rebound, play defense, and dish the ball. DeJounte Murray averaged almost 10 assists this past year. They don't need him. Uh, New Orleans, I don't think it makes too much sense. So honestly, I think it's Washington and then a few teams below that. Maybe New York. Maybe I, I wrote Cleveland. I think Cleveland is a possibly a sneaky option if he falls to 14, which I'm not sure he will. But I think Cleveland would be a great fit, by the way, because you play him at the one, you you play that first of all, that'd be a huge lineup, but you play Darius Garland at the two off ball more. I think that could be a pretty good fit there. And like I said, that'd be a humongous lineup and a fantastic defensive lineup because other than Darius Garland, at least everybody in that lineup is like six foot seven, six foot eight. So yeah, that's what I have. I'm going to push back. I think New Orleans would be a good fit for them, for him, for him at least. Um, I mean, they just have a lot of guys like CJ McCollum. You know, you maybe you get Zion back. I don't even know that situation. I'm not going to touch it. But assuming he comes back, you have Brandon Ingram. It feels like they need a facilitator. And I think that could be a role that he would be good in. Um, just, yeah, kind of just delegating who gets what. And he doesn't really have to take on the role of, you know, scoring a lot. And I think that's something, you know, we talked about. You want you probably want him to go to a team with a few more veterans in that squad. You know, you, you mentioned Washington, a team that has, you know, a few more vets. So, yeah, that's something you would like. And then, you know, you could, you could run it with, you know, him, McCollum, and then, yeah, you got Ingram, Zion, and then you want Jackson Hayes or Valanchunas. So I think, I think that would be a decent fit. Um, I think for the range that it's at, you know, Pelicans are picking pick eight and I think they have another pick. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I have to look at it again somewhere. Um, But yeah, I think that would be good for him. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Hey, can I ask real quick, since you're more on the Dyson Daniels train, um, I, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what your ceiling and floor is for him. Because, like, for me, I for for his ceiling, I thought that he's kind of more of a Goran Dragic type of player, you know, of a guy who can average, like, 13 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, a solid starting point guard, but who's not going to wow you. You know, he needs to be around scores. For the floor, though <laughs> – and I don't mean this to like go after the dude, but I said that I honestly could see him being out of the league in a few years and playing in like the European league, kind of like Dante Exum, that type of guy. And I'm not just saying Dante Exum because he's from Australia also, but like, I'm actually like curious, what, what do you think of his ceiling and floor? Yeah. I mean, for ceiling offensive, I mean, I don't know if this would be a ceiling just because he hasn't played a ton in the league yet. But for offensively, I kind of saw him as like a Tyrese Halliburton light kind of guy. Um, yeah. And but defensively, I mean, I think defensively he will go as far as he wants to go because I do think that while he that is his biggest asset, there is a lot of room for improvement. Um, 
just because, yeah, like you said, you were saying G League's a lot slower. So when the, the pace picks up, you know, is he going to live up to that or not? But yeah, I'm not sure. I think, I think his floor, I don't think he'll be out of the league after his rookie contract. Um, at least I hope not. Then my agenda will be uh, ruined. But I think ceiling wise, yeah, he's probably, uh, yeah, a facilitator. He's, you know, I guess you would say he'd be like a fourth or fifth option, but he's still a starter on a team. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I didn't really think about his, his floor and ceiling like that. Um, but yeah, but I think where he fits right now, it's kind of, it's kind of a work in progress. So it's, it's kind of where he's at right now rather than what it's going to be for me at least. Yeah, it's kind of hard to project these. They're kind of becoming like a new breed of like these jumbo sized playmakers who play like really good defense, but a questionable shot. Like it's still kind of developing in the, in the NBA. There's more and more players coming out the draft looking like that. But I will say one actually fit that I thought of, this is like his highest draft case scenario. I actually think the fit in Sacramento isn't as bad upon like thinking about it because De'Aaron De Fox if they're going to go De'Aaron Fox and Dyson Dent, De'Aaron Fox is a terrible, is not a good defender. Like, I just think that just, it is what it is. Like, he's not the best defender. You put Dyson Daniels there, he can kind of, uh, the yin and the yang, you can balance that out. And I think that's like a pretty good fit there. Or they can draft Dyson Daniels, start Davion Mitchell, who they're very high on, trade De'Aaron Fox. I feel like if Dyson Daniels is going to go top five, I don't think it'll be to Detroit. I think it would be to Sacramento. So that's just something to say. And I'm with you guys with the floor and ceilings too. I think the ceiling is, it's, it's kind of weird. Like the shot isn't there. So like, I wouldn't want to say Josh Giddy, but I feel like he could go on the same trajectory as Josh Giddy would go and whatever people put out for Josh Giddy, whether that's like, you know, Jason Kidd or whatever, whatever. I don't want to say those two high names, but I think he can follow that same trajectory. But the floor, I think is like Kyle, I think Kyle Anderson that's what I put Kay Cunningham's worst case scenario. And I'll also put it for Dyson Daniels. But I think Kyle Anderson, a player who's a little stiff, but a good playmaker overall and a player you want on your team. So that's kind of all I had on their foreign ceilings as well. But it, I, yeah, I was going to say this quickly that, you know, you were talking about that new breed of like six, eight guards. But I will say it's also the new breed of G League guys. Yeah. I think that's another thing we got to look out for. Because I think that competition, you know, while we kind of undervalued it a little bit right now, I think the competition as the G League progresses will get a lot better too. Just because over the years, you know, you know, basketball has been changing ever since, you know, 80s and 90s. And like speed is picked up. There's a lot more athletes. There's people from other countries playing like it's just gonna it's gonna progressively get better and better so I just think overall with that we're still trying to figure that out because you know Jalen Green was like kind of a question mark you know Dyson Daniels is going to be that question mark I think Jaden Hardy is another guy that's gonna you know in this draft specifically you know is a guy that a lot of people don't really know enough about to to get a good feel on him and part of that is just, you know, they haven't watched him because he's been in the G League. But part of that is, you know, people don't really know the 
what the G League is like. You know, it's kind of an unknown um, just overall. And I think that's been an unknown for years just in terms of guys, like, coming in and out, um, going from pros, just, yeah. No, for sure. I think I think the G League, like, I was pretty impressed by uh, uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green. I think moving forward, this draft would be kind of telling on how the G League, how we, I mean, you would think it's better than college, which, like, because the players are, obviously, they're, like, pros for the most part, but there's still, like, some concerns about the effort there and stuff like that, but definitely, and I think, um, as it relates to Dyson Daniels, though not a lot of people have seen him, he's a player that's rising for good reason. Um, the game, the game that sticks out for me was against the Kings, the G League Kings affiliate. He dropped 21 points, 18 rebounds, and eight assists. So that is kind of if that's like that's like the high, and obviously he's not gonna average that, but that's kind of the player he can be, a player that kind of does it all. So yeah, that's gonna kind of wrap up this Dyson Daniels. Um preview if you guys do you guys have anything else to add or you guys all you think we covered him thoroughly like and subscribe as Aiden says for sure well yeah thank you guys so much for showing the support we appreciate it this wraps up part two of our prospect series and tomorrow we'll be releasing AJ Griffin from Duke so be on the lookout for that and as always like and subscribe and peace out